Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features three episodes of the soap opera program Young Witter Brown. It's a serialized storyline, and each episode is about 12 minutes long. And now, Young Witter Brown. After Ellen Brown expressed her indefinable fear to her fiancé, Dr. Anthony Loring, regarding the complete change which has come over Louise Simpson with the death of Louise's hated husband, Alex, Louise, who has always been in love with Anthony, lost no time in getting him to agree to visit her at her palatial home in Simpsonville. Meanwhile, unaware of this, Ellen is changing into a different dress for her luncheon date with Anthony, saying to her good friend, Noreen Temple, You don't think this dress is too summery, do you, Noreen? I feel I want to wear something like this for my luncheon date with Anthony today. It looks lovely, Ellen. You seem to be in a a celebrating mood. (laughs) Perhaps I am. After wearing that dark dress for Alex Simpson's funeral this morning. Don't misunderstand me when I say that. I understand perfectly. After all, Louise Simpson is off my hands. She is quite in control of herself. More so than I dreamed she could be. My Herbert would kill me for saying this about a client, but... He told me that the way Louise went over her husband's will, she certainly didn't act as though she felt bad that Alex died. It's rather terrible, isn't it? To have lived with someone like Alex and and to be almost glad that he did die. I bet Madeline's furious. Still engaged Alex's penniless brother, Christopher, and Louise is rich as rich. Well, I don't see that Madeline and Louise will be part of my life anymore, and I'm delighted about that. (laughs) The really important thing now is... Oh, uh, would you answer the telephone for me, Noreen? Of course. Hello? Hello, who's this? It's Noreen, Anthony. Oh, Noreen. May I talk to Ellen, please? Oh, just a second. You bow, Ellen. Thanks. Hello, Anthony? No, go for lunch, darling. Or the ride in the country afterwards. Oh, dear. Well, that's too bad. Emergency at the hospital? No, I have to see Louise Simpson to discuss matters pertaining to the hospital. Really? What kind of matters? I have no idea. Telephoned me and seemed to think it was urgent. Is she going to pester you, do you think? Probably. Alex's will read that she had control of all the money that the hospital got in the will, so... Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. Why lunchtime, though? I'm to go to her home for lunch. Oh. Well, have a nice time. Oh, I'm sure I will. I'll see you, darling. Bye. Bye. Well, what was that, Ellen? It seems I shan't be lunching with Anthony after all. Mrs. Simpson has summoned him to discuss matters pertaining to the hospital. Well, hoity-toity. I can't believe it. I can. It's all part and parcel of what I told you about Louise, that that complete personality change of hers. It almost came over the, the moment she took in the shock of Alex's death. Ellen, you know, you might still have a problem on your hands. I don't think I'll let it become a problem, Noreen. If you mean that Louise may feel free to, to try to take Anthony away from me. If you tell me you won't do anything, I swear I'll smack you. Tell me what I could do, Noreen. I can't prevent her trying. And if Anthony wants to fall in love with a wealthy widow, I, I can't prevent that either, now can I? No. So, there we are. Well, certainly not going to waste this dress on a sandwich in the kitchen. So I may as well change that. Oh, for pity's sake, don't change. Let's go somewhere ourselves. Let's go driving out to the tavern for lunch anyway. I... All right, Noreen. If I don't go, I'll worry about Louise, no matter what I say. 
Noreen, is she going to make Anthony dance to her tune because she has all that money now? Is, is she going to make an issue out of her influence at Health Center Hospital? Now, a little later, Dr. Anthony Loring gets out of his car at Louise Simpson's home and greets Louise as she comes to the head of the terrace steps. Hello, Louise. Hello, Anthony. You probably hate me for wrecking your day like this. Oh, not at all, but I think it's a little early for you to concern yourself about the hospital in view of the strain you've been under. The strain is all gone, Anthony. All gone. I uh, thought it would be rather fun to lunch on the terrace. I've had Connie put it out here for it. We can talk and relax. Fine. I um, didn't make the drink. I didn't want Connie gossiping all over town that I was drinking on the day of Alex's funeral. Well, your housekeeper doesn't talk much, Louise. How is Connie? Has she got over the shock of finding Alex's body? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, everybody's settling down very nicely. How is Christopher? He'll be going back to Chicago soon, I think. I had a little chat with Madeline about it, suggesting that they get married and settle down there. There's no reason for Christopher to stay here in Simpsonville. And you? Oh, I'll definitely stay here. Will you bring your father here from Shadow Lawn Sanitarium? You can, you know. No. No, Anthony, I'll live here alone. Father is all right at Shadow Lawn Sanitarium. I have enough money to keep him there, heaven knows, and he'd be a dreadful burden to me here. Well... I intend to have a good time now, Anthony. But, of course, I shan't have a good time if I'm lonely, shall I? I don't imagine you'll be lonely, Louise. No. No, I won't be. You know, being a wealthy widow is rather pleasant. I shouldn't like to be Ellen Brown and have to run a tea shop and support children. But there's something rather good about all this. Do I shock you? Yes, yes, you do. Isn't it a shame that honesty seems to shock people? I even shocked Madeline Harper just now by telling her she could get out and work if she married Christopher that he'd get no more money than he was getting from Alex. I was only being honest. She behaved as though I'd been perfectly dreadful. Louise, when you asked me to come here to lunch, it was to discuss the hospital, remember? Anthony, am I boring you? No. I think it's because I feel I need a friend to talk to, someone to confide in. Well, my advice to you is to use Alex's brother as a confidant. After all, the money... The money is mine. Christopher gets no more than he ever had. He's crippled now, Louise. He may need more. Let his wife provide it. He's not married to Madeline Harper yet. No. And I doubt if she will marry him. Because if Madeline doesn't see an increase in the allowance coming, she'll find a reason for not marrying Christopher. Christopher is in a bad way emotionally. You could do a lot for him if you kept him here and tried to help him work out whatever is disturbing him. He never helped me when I needed his help. He was always a coward and a weakling. And now I have no intention of being considerate or even remotely interested in it. But, Louise... I'm going to develop this new personality of mine, Anthony. I'm going to use it to be important, to gain respect from people. Now I'm the wealthy Mrs. Alex Simpson, and people are going to do what I say. What are you thinking? Well, right now I'm wondering if making people do what you say applies to me because I'm superintendent of the hospital to which the Simpson estate lends financial support. Do I have to tell you what I'm thinking? I don't know, Anthony. I think it would be good for you to be a little more sympathetic, more understanding. The words aren't synonymous, Louise. Sympathetic and understanding. I understand what you're doing, but I don't sympathize with it. Well, we'll see how things go. Anyway, for a while, I intend to have fun. 
Everybody had a lot of contempt for me before. They thought Alex had made a foolish bargain when he married me. Well, maybe he did. But I didn't. And I'm going to enjoy all the money he left me. Fine, Louise, fine. But I could bring this to your attention, that you'll have to find someone else to talk your plans through with, because I'm rather busy. In other words, Anthony, you don't want to be bothered with me. Louise. I have a lot more power now, Anthony. I'm not going to crawl to you, beg for your attention. But I'm going to get it. Naturally, as long as I'm superintendent of health at a hospital and you administer the Simpson funds, we'll see each other. Yes. I could quit if I didn't like the situation. I wonder. Don't wonder anymore, Louise. Because women who use the purse strings as a kind of whip don't appeal to me. I'm really very old-fashioned. I like simple, uncomplicated people. Like Ellen. Like Ellen. We'll see. We'll see a lot of things, Anthony, as time goes by. Why, um, weren't you at Alex's funeral today? I missed you. I was busy at the hospital. I didn't think my presence was necessary. I felt very much alone. Widows usually do. Well, I looked for you. That was what made me lonely. Oh, Anthony. Anthony, I feel wonderful. There's a whole world ahead of me. Is it wicked to feel that way? I'm no judge of that, Louise. Oh, and it's going to be a good world. <laughs> Poor Anthony. After you get over being shocked at the change in me, I think you like it. Really, I do. No more tears, I promise. No more tears. How will the news of Louise's threat to ensnare Anthony be received by young Widder Brown? And now, young Widder Brown... Today, Ellen Brown's fiancé, Dr. Anthony Loring, was forced to break a luncheon engagement with Ellen when Louise Simpson, newly widowed and sensing her new power over Anthony, forced him to lunch with her. And so Ellen has decided to take a drive into the country with her friend Noreen Tintle instead. And now in her car, Ellen is saying, Well, Noreen, I, I guess it's just the swing of the pendulum again, actually. Louise Simpson is just going to the other extreme of her personality. She's got an awful lot of money to do it with, too, Ellen. So it isn't going to hurt us, I hope. Ellen? Yes, Noreen? What is Anthony's sister, Victoria, doing here in Simpsonville, anyway? Why doesn't she go home to Chicago? <laughs> I don't know, Noreen, I'm sure. Well, it just occurs to me that when Victoria gets wind of all the money Alex Simpson left Louise... Victoria will think she's a better match for Anthony than you are. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, Noreen. Victoria Lorne has been pointing out superior matches to Anthony ever since he got engaged to me. Well, the only important thing is Anthony's position in all this. The only really important thing is how does he feel about it? Yes, now but... I, I can't fight a million dollars if that means more to Anthony than I do. How can I? All I know is Anthony never liked Louise. She isn't his type. Louise wasn't his type when she was the clinging vine. And, and she isn't going to be his type now that she's become a, a kind of bully with a, a lot of money. I know what you mean. We'll just have to wait and see. And I'm one of those friendly souls who's anticipating everything. I'm sorry, I'll quit. It's all right, Noreen. I'm just waiting at the vision. Remember, I never did see Louise's diary or her letters that Madeline Harper stole and was going to give Alex as proof that Louise and Anthony were fond of each other. I bet the diary and those letters never existed. Mm, maybe not. As a matter of fact, that there could have been a diary, but 
Anthony swears that he and Louise never wrote letters to each other. Any that had any resemblance to love letters, that is. And by and large, I think I do better by believing Anthony. I wasn't even thinking about the past, Ellen. There wasn't a thing to Louise and Anthony's relationship, I'm sure. I was thinking of the future and the power that a million dollars gives a girl. Mm, I know. It's a nice little backlog to have. <laughs> but I still have my tea room, Noreen. And I still can walk alone if I have to. That's worth a million dollars, too. More sometimes, I think. Lots more. Meanwhile, back in Simpsonville, the situation is being discussed by Alex's crippled brother, Christopher Simpson, and Christopher's fiancée, Madeline Harper. They are upstairs on a sun deck outside Christopher's bedroom in the Simpson house. And as she looks down on the terrace where Anthony and Louise have been lunching, Madeline says, They've gone into the living room now, Christopher. So what, Madeline? Just reporting, that's all. Well, don't. It's of no consequence anymore what Louise and Anthony do or why. In other words, you've made your mistake, and I have to live with it. No. No, you don't have to do anything, Madeline. Not anything at all. Why you did it? Why you thought you were achieving anything? I don't know, Christopher. I... Will you stop it, Madeline? I'll go mad if you don't stop it. You're not mad already, Chris. You killed your brother, Alex. And you're not mad? Oh, come. Why don't you get out of my life now? Why don't you go while the going is good? You're not going to marry me, you know that. I don't know it, Christopher, yet. I haven't quite decided. I want to wait and see. See what Louise intends to do. I haven't seen her. She hasn't talked to me at all. She's considerate, perhaps. Considerate? <laughs> Even now, she's working out a plan. I wonder how Ellen likes it. Madeline, look. I wish to be released from our engagement. Please. There's no use going on with it. Christopher, you murdered your brother. I saw you. You really haven't the right to order people about, or even to make requests. What do you mean? You've had your day, Chris. You're not even a personality anymore. You're nothing. Nothing but a cipher now, do you understand? I can use you to get money from Louise, and I shall. In other words, you're making a prisoner of me. You can call it anything you like, Chris. Louise won't give you money. You said yourself that she wanted to kick us both out. There are ways, Christopher. There are ways. I'm very clever. I don't think you are, Madeline. Nothing you touch works out. You were going to use the love letters Louise wrote to Anthony and her ravings about him and her diary to make great changes for us. And what happened? Precisely nothing. I still have the letters and the diary. I can still make use of them. How? I think Louise will buy them now. I don't. I don't think they're worth a nickel, Madeline. We'll see. And that goes for both of us. You're not worth anything, neither am I. We could be, Christopher. We could be. How? Tell me how. I go along with you that I'm nothing, and now suddenly you tell me we could be something. What? Do you inherit the Simpson fortune after Louise? Why, yes, I should think so, Madeline. No. No, we couldn't do that. Why, Christopher, you're a very brave man. Why do you shrink from one more, let's call it the manipulation of fate? Madeline. Poor Chris. You have to think things through, don't you? Well, that's a very good quality, I'm sure. Very good. So I think I'll leave you for a little while to think about it. I... Yes? Christopher, where are you? Out here on the sun deck, Louise. Oh, with Madeline? Yes, Louise, with Madeline. Did you have lunch? A very good one. Madeline, do you plan to take your meals here while you're in Simpsonville? 
I think I should know because of the help. There's always plenty of food, surely, Louise. Not always, Christopher. Madeline wouldn't want to be beholden to us, I'm sure. You devil. You devil. I seem to make Madeline very angry these days, Christopher, which is too bad. If you do marry, it would be pleasanter to have a smoother relationship. Don't you agree? I'm going. I don't have to listen to this kind of talk. No, Madeline, you don't. Goodbye. Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Madeline. Madeline really has a temper. Such a pity. Well, Christopher, here we are. Yes, Louise. Here we are. All that's left of the thinking. I um, haven't talked to you before, Christopher, because things have been rather at sixes and sevens in my mind. I feel that now, however, I know where I'm going. And where is that? Nowhere. I'm going to stay in Pinsonville, right here in this house. It's a good house. I was never very happy here, but it was a good house. It still is. It's rather large, though. Not too large. Not at all too large for one person. As a matter of fact, it would be rather small for two. In other words, you want me to go? You'd be much better off in Chicago, Christopher, away from here. As you say, you weren't happy here. Right. Madeline, of course, has already come to me to increase your allowance because of your crippled foot. I know you hate that. I know how you resent the whole idea of Madeline being so mature. Oh, yes, please. I see perfectly what you mean. And how you mean it. I think it's always best to be civilized and direct and truthful about these things, don't you, Christopher? Because if you're not, so many misunderstandings might arise. I don't think any misunderstandings will arise now, Louise. So don't worry. Oh, I won't. I'm not worrying at all. But there are changes I want made in the house. And to be very honest, you will... To be very direct and honest, how soon can I get out? Yes. I'm not well, Louise. My foot... Your foot can be taken care of in Chicago. I'd have to consult with my doctor. Anthony Loring will send you back to Chicago in two shakes. He'll be very glad to get rid of you, Christopher, after the way you and Alex tried to hurt his reputation. Louise, what's happened to you? A great deal, Christopher. I'm Mrs. Alex Simpson, wealthy widow. My husband was buried today, and with him was buried all the cowardice and cringing qualities which are mine. I'm a new person. You certainly are. And I learned a lot from Alex. How to be ruthless. How to be firm. Get out of my life, Chris. You and Madeline, both of you, fast. And if we don't? I'll make you go. I'll put you out. I won't stop at anything now. I don't have to. Louise. I've never been powerful before. And like lots of people that go to my head. But I don't care. I shall want to talk to Anthony Lawrence first. He'll come here. He'll be glad to come. Louise, you're not acting wisely. Even I, the stupid younger brother with no spine and no courage, can tell you that. You're behaving foolishly. No, I'm not. Don't forget that pride goeth before us all. Alex had pride, and Alex fell. Alex fell because he was drunk. He fell, too, because I think he got a glimpse of his ugly soul and he couldn't bear it. I don't drink, and I'm not afraid of my soul. So make your plans, Christopher. Make them. But be quite sure they coincide with mine. How soon will this new power of Louise Simpson's be felt by young Widder Brown? And now, young Widder Brown. Today, Dr. Anthony Loring canceled a luncheon appointment with his fiancée, Ellen Brown, in order to comply with Louise Simpson's urgent request that he lunch with her. For Louise, with the death of her husband, Alex, has become a rich and influential widow. 
and her new independence is being keenly felt by Ellen and Anthony, and also by Alex's brother Christopher and his fiancée, Madeline Harper, who shares Christopher's guilty secret that he murdered Alex. Now back at Health Center Hospital, Anthony is receiving a visit from the superintendent of nurses, Olivia McAvoy, who comes into his office saying, Anthony, I've been looking all over for you. Hello, Mac. Sit down. I've been lunching. Not with Ellen. I called there. She said you had an engagement and she was going off to lunch with Noreen Temple. As a matter of fact, Anthony, Ellen sounded annoyed. Why not? I broke a luncheon date with her because I'd been summoned into the presence. Now, what do you mean by that? Whose presence? Mrs. Alex Simpson's presence. Who does she think she is, anyway? She knows she's the widow of Alex Simpson, Simpsonville's millionaire, and she's beginning to throw her weight around. You are telling me? She had me on the telephone. She wants to inspect the nurse's home and meet the girl. She says, after all, she must put her grief behind her and get into the work her husband left her to do. We're going to have trouble with Louise Simpson, Mac. She has all the tender qualities of a cactus. And I'm scared. How do you like that, Mac? Really scared. Now, Anthony. Louise was always a clinging vine before. She was a pest. But now she's a pest with money. And a lot of that money belongs to the hospital. And confound it, Mac, I found myself bowing and scraping to her. And I know blame well that I'll jump through hooks if it means she'll give us that extra money for the new laboratories. What happened to Louise? She came into a lot of money. And she lost a husband whom she hated. She's able to get even with a lot of people she thinks pushed her around, including Madeline Harper, her brother-in-law's fiancée. Yes, Louise is riding high on a mixture of revenge and newfound self-confidence. Well, what can we do? I'm not sure. She's going to stay here in Simpsonville? Yes. And she's going to be in our hair, Mac. She feels she has a mission now, the hospital, doing good to all mankind and so on. And how's it going to affect you and Adam? How do you think? Louise has always had this secret crush on me. She hasn't sense enough to know that she's being pretty absurd, and she's going to make the most of it. Right. Answer that for me, will you, Max? If it's Louise, I'm not here. Dr. Loring's office. Miss McAvoy speaking. Uh, just a moment, please. It isn't Louise, Anthony. It's Madeline Harper, and she says it's urgent. Now, a little later, Ellen has returned from her drive with her friend Noreen Temple... And as she is in her garden looking over her spring planting, she hears... Hello, Ellen. Oh, Louise, hello. I saw your car in the garage, so I knew you were home. What in the world are you doing? Checking my tulips. Oh, your garden is really charming, Ellen. I've got to get busy at the house. Though, of course, the season is well on now. But Alex never did like Simpsonville in the summer. It gets very warm, I'll admit. But if you have no choice but to stay, you do... Can have a very good time here. You forget that I was born and brought up here, Ellen. <laughs> yes, I guess I do. I had lunch with Anthony today. I know. Oh. Did he tell you? Naturally. Why not? Oh, nothing. Did he tell you what we talked about? No, I talked with him before you went to lunch. Anthony came to the house. I thought that was better. I see. You know, Ellen, according to Alex's will, I had the handling of all the funds that are allotted to Health Center Hospital. The trust that his father set up and all that. Well, that's a great responsibility. Oh, you know it is, Alan. And I'm going to be completely dependent on Anthony. You won't mind, will you, if I have to call on him? Of course not, Louise. Because, of course, there's bound to be talk. There always is about a widow. Oh, not always, Louise. I'm a widow, remember. 
Fortunately, I've been free of that kind of thing. Well, what I meant was... Oh, I think everybody will understand just why you're seeing Anthony Louise. I'm sure there won't be any doubts about it. That remark could be interpreted two ways, Ellen. Could it? You know, I, I think the Darwin tulips are the good old reliables after all. Well, of course, there's a kind of peony tulip that's awfully pretty. Have you seen it, Louise? No, I haven't seen it. We're going to be friends, aren't we, Ellen? Why not, Louise? Haven't we always been? Oh, you've been very good to me, but... But what? Nothing. I... Ellen, um, I'm trying to get Christopher and Madeline Harper to go back to Chicago. Oh? I see no reason why I should be sentimental over Christopher just because he was Alex's brother. How is his crippled foot? Well, he'll never be able to walk properly. But if I start feeling sorry for him, I'll just dissipate everything. Christopher is Madeline's responsibility. They're engaged. Well, do, do, you, do you think Madeline accepts the responsibility? No. She's being very obvious, Ellen, trying to get me to give Christopher a larger allowance. Well, I imagine that Alex would want you to take care of his brother, Louise. And what makes you think that what Alex would have done is of any significance to me? Alex is dead, Ellen, and I can live my own life now. What's the matter, Ellen? Nothing. I, I just think it's too bad that you have to be so, so vehement about it, Louise. Why not? Madeline Harper did all she could to make Alex hate me, and I hate her for it. I hate her. All right, Louise. It, it's just a thought, that's all. Ellen, you uh, never really believed all that business about my diary and, and the letters, did you? What do you mean, Louise? The trouble Madeline tried to stir up. You know, the letters I wrote to Anthony, what I wrote about us in my diary, and how well Anthony and I knew each other years ago. Oh, Anthony's explained everything to me most satisfactorily. And... I think we should have one thing clear between us, Louise. I am not looking for any trouble or arguments about Anthony. I'll avoid them when I can. All I meant was... All I, I mean is that Anthony and I are engaged. If it doesn't last, then the blame is ours, not anyone else's. So go right ahead with whatever you plan to do, Louise. You make it seem as if we were potential enemies. Not at all. Why don't you just relax and, and stop making a big problem out of your new look at life? Don't run around taking the, the public's pulse on your relationship with Anthony. You know, Ellen, that isn't a very nice way to talk to me. It's the only way I know to talk to you, Louise. In other words, you don't want to be my friend. You're already suspicious of me and Anthony. But, Louise, that's a preposterous thing to say. How, how can you say it without being embarrassed? I can, because it's true. But it's all right, Ellen. Because I don't need friends. Not anymore. I don't have to depend on anybody. That's fine, Louise. But one day, Ellen, you will come to me. I doubt it. But stranger things have happened. You wait and see. I thought this might be a nice chance for you and me to sit and talk together. But you don't want that, do you, Ellen? I don't think so, Louise. All right, Ellen. All right. Thank you. Ellen sighs as Louise walks away, sighs and shakes her head. But there is a nagging thought in her mind 
that eventually makes her go to the telephone to call Anthony, only to say, finally, No, no, it isn't important, really. It's just, just Mrs. Brown calling. Uh, look, if Dr. Loring does come in, ask him to call me. And Louise, arriving back at her house, is greeted by Madeline Harper, who now says, I've been waiting for you, Louise. I want to talk to you. Oh, it's been quite a day, Madeline. I don't think I want to go in for any long emotional conversation. This is business, pure and simple. Well, that's better. Where's Christopher? Chris has gone to bed. He took a sleeping pill because he was so disturbed after you left him. I think he takes too many sleeping pills myself. My husband would be alive now if Christopher hadn't taken a sleeping pill and not heard him falling down the stairwell. But that would have been too bad for you, Louise. If Alex hadn't fallen and died. All right, Madeline. What's the talk about? Let's get to the point. I have something to sell, Louise. Something that I think you would like to buy. Louise looks at Madeline and knows that the proposition concerns her diary and the letters which are in Madeline's possession. What was Madeline's call to Anthony about? And how will it affect young Widder Brown? Young Widder Brown was a daytime radio drama series broadcast on NBC from 1938 to 1956. Sponsored by Sterling Drugs and Bayer Aspirin, it daily examined the life of attractive Ellen Brown with two fatherless children to support. The convoluted storyline focused on the efforts of Ellen, in her early 30s, to bring up her two children in the small town of Simpsonville, West Virginia, where she supported herself by running a tea room, despite the continual tragedies in her life. Produced by Frank and Ann Hummert, this soap opera series opened with a theme music, In the Gloaming, as rendered by organist John Winters. Heard in the title role during the 18-year run were Florence Freeman, Wendy Drew, and Millicent Brower. Ellen Brown was romanced by Peter Turner, played by Bud Collier, and Anthony Loring, played by Ned Weaver. Ellen's children were Janie, played by Marilyn Erskine, and Mark, who was played by Tommy Donnelly. Directors for the series included Martha Atwell, Richard Leonard, and Ed Slattery. The announcer was George Ansbro. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.